This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers, Mike Van Deese joining us here, Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal? The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, happy Monday. Welcome. Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle, it is your choice. Where you have it repaired, choose Capital Collision Center. Here inside the uh, major mortgage man cave, and uh, this week we're going to uh, share some uh, some great interviews I've done uh, about a month ago during the country radio seminar down in Nashville with uh, some great up-and-coming young uh, country music singers and songwriters, and uh, we're going to be sharing some of those over the next week or so. Also going to talk uh, some hoops and uh, who knows what else in uh, some spring sports as well uh, this week. And uh, today, of course, your auto contest performance of the week is, uh, is on the way as well. And let's see here. Following a couple of things going on right now. Um, all right. We'll open and get that opened up and uh, get going. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, didn't do much. I can't even remember what we did do. Uh, Saturday, I don't remember. Oh, we made brownies. Uh, the little one and uh, the wife and I did some brownie stuff uh, with sprinkles. Um, it was kind of a, kind of a, just a, I don't want to say lazy weekend. Yesterday, I uh, did some golf uh, on the simulator, the wife and I in a league, and we uh, we're, we won our, our bracket. And so now we're going to play an 18-hole match play championship. So there's an upstairs and a downstairs bracket. We won the upstairs bracket. And uh, so now we take on the, the winners of the downstairs bracket on the simulators. So it's going to be a fun, fun. I think we're going to do that this weekend. Uh, or this week, get that championship in. Who knows? We might be live out there doing the show. Who knows? You might get to see some real golf or live golf or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we had a good good, good weekend. And then yesterday I find out, and this is where we're going to start um, the show. By the way, you can watch on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, listen on Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com. You can email us, Jason at JasonWalkerShow.com, at Jay Walker on the Twitter, or Jay Walker Sports on the Twitter and also our webpage is uh, jasonwalkershow.com. All right, so um, we're going to start with uh, football, spring football. They played some games over the weekend all across, you know, NAI, FCS, FBS, yeah, good stuff. Uh, College of Idaho and, and, and Rocky, it was like 10-3, I think. Uh, Eastern Oregon just pounded Carroll. And uh, twenty-eight nothing. 
But heard yesterday that there is a uh, there's a football player, um, two football players, one in uh, Frontier and one in the uh, FCS, Big Sky, both in the state of Montana. Uh, I was told um, just to not say names, but uh, suffered uh, serious injuries because, as I was told yesterday, they just weren't prepared for the spring. And uh, it's crazy when you think about now that uh, these two players, one a defensive standout in the frontier, another an offensive standout in the Big Sky Conference, could be done for the upcoming fall season because everybody was in such a rush to get a spring season in. Now, the member of the Big Sky Conference school uh, – was not going to play spring season anyway, the school, but they are going to play some, uh, well, you know who it is. You know who it's going to be when I say it. They're going to play a couple of spring games that won't count. But between these two players, one defensive, one offensive in two different cities and two different teams, one, well, one for the Grizz and, and we'll just say one for Carroll. Probably going to miss, it sounds like, now the fall season, which actually means something. Um, one with a torn ACL and one with a torn Achilles. But we got to get these players on the field. I mean, that was what it was all about, right? We just had to get these players a season in the spring. And now it appears that they're these, and they're standouts. I mean, these are two very, very good football players that now now may miss the the entire fall season in a season that actually will mean something in the fall. Because this spring season, nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares. You're going to have champions crowned in the NAI. You're going to have champions crowned in FCS. With half the teams playing. Like, it, it's not even... You, it, asterisk, hello? Ridiculous. And now you may have a couple of big players done for the fall season, which will mean something. We'll keep an eye on that. It's just dumb. Um, speaking of dumb as well, and this is not surprising, I uh, was told today by a very reliable, two reliable sources, that during the Carroll women's basketball game last week out at LC State in the uh, NAI regionals, that members of the Carroll women's basketball team were harassed, um, basically abused verbally by the LC State crowd. There's about 600 people in the building, most of them from Lewis Clark State. Uh, names like, uh, well, let's just say gay slurs, lesbian slurs, um, other things that were uttered. And then when the officials had a chance to stop it, could not hear it, quote unquote. And uh, also, 
the administration at LC, including head coach Brian Orr, when asked about this, A, denied it, and then just said, uh, well, we're sorry you feel that way. When Carroll College uh, coach Rochelle Sayers, I'm told, said that, well, we're not going to come back out here and play anymore. Regular season stuff. LC State has a history of being, let's just say, non-friendly. Brian Orr is a great coach, great recruiter, not the nicest guy in the world, and I've known him for almost 30 years. Um, dude can recruit. There's no doubt about it, and he can coach. He had his team ready to play and uh, twice beat Carroll, three losses this year for the Saints women. Two of those were at LC State, both at LC State, one with no crowd, one with uh, a, a sexist crowd. And I was uh, I was told that there was a letter that was sent from LC State to Carroll College that basically just said, like I said, well, we're sorry you feel that way, but they're not claiming any responsibility and they're not attempting to clean it up. Now, I remember a few years ago when Rocky women's basketball played at Carroll and there were some Carroll students at the PE Center uttering racial slurs towards uh, Rocky player Markela Francis, it was taken care of in a hurry. Both the night of and immediately after with with coaches, with players, with administrations, coming together and figuring things out. And and I believe the students were punished. This crap should never be, happen. I mean, look, Duke, the Duke student body, Cameron Crazy, the Cameron Crazies, they're great. Some of the stuff that they come up with when, when teams are playing. Now, if you want to get into the head of an opponent, you know, hold up a baby pitcher or something. But Duke does it the best. I hate Duke. But Duke does it the best. They do research. They actually have a, a list of things that they want you to chant to each player. All within human normalcy. What goes on and what I was told happened at LC State is crap. Gay slurs, racial slurs, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's just stop. People, please. And don't give me the other oh, students. Adults say the same crap. And it's wrong. Doesn't matter what age you are. You just don't say it. And then we wonder why our country is so freaking divided. Don't blame Nancy and, and, and the Trumpster. Blame yourselves. We have nowhere to look for all of this than our, our than in our own mirrors, a lot of us. It's just ridiculous, people. Grow up. Seriously. Uh, let's see here. Dallas Remington's going to join us coming up, singer-songwriter from uh, Nashville. We have On This Day in History on the way as well. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Trisha Benford, head coach of Montana State. She's going to talk to us a little bit about Title IX. Now, the NCAA is in, a, is in a whole lot of hot water. The actual NCAA offices and uh, President Mark Emmert. I, I'm sure you saw, saw the story last week of the weight rooms that uh, were shown. The men's weight room for the NCAA in Indianapolis, plush, like all sorts of stuff. The women had, like, some dumbbells. 
until people stepped up, and over the weekend it was resolved, to an extent, a little bit. It's not entirely equitable. Um, Mark Emmert today, speaking to the Economic Club of Indiana, said, quote, the weight rooms that were shown on videos, those were never intended to be weight rooms. Those were exercise rooms before the kids went onto the court for practice. But once the video's out there, the video's out there, end quote. Did you see the videos? I'm, I'm going to see if I can pull them up. I'm going to see. There's a... <laughs> oh, man. It is... It's... Uh... It's a little nuts. And what Mark Emmert says, the the president of the NA, uh, NCAA, come on, dude. I mean, here, is this, uh, yeah, this is the, uh, let me get to this. Oops, there we go. So you have, to, you have to probably get in a little bit closer, but the women's weight room there on the bottom, the men on the top. See the difference? It's like some dumbbells in a, in a, tra- in a table. The men got all this stuff in here. Women are down in San Antonio. Now, there's also difference in PCR or the uh, COVID testing as well. Yeah. Like, the men are getting one test. The women are getting another. And Emmert in Indianapolis, I don't, because I, I mean, why would you be in, in San Antonio at all for the women's basketball tournament? Uh, Mark Emmert said the difference in the, in the testing, uh, quote, has nothing to do with money. It actually costs more in San Antonio to do the antigen test than uh, it's costing. Uh, let's see here. Let me get back to this. There we go. Um, then it's costing the men. Or the PCR test here in Indianapolis and the health and safety is identical. <laughs> so there's that. Mark Emmert is making nothing. He's not making this any better for himself. It's getting a lot worse. Every time he opens his mouth, it's getting worse. There was a difference in food. I don't know if you saw those pictures. There was a difference in the weight rooms. There was a difference in the swag bags that the players got. Oh, and and here's here's a good one, too. You ready for this? Trisha Benford, head coach of Montana State, she's got young kids. Um, Rochelle Sayers, coach at at Carroll, has young kids. Listen to this. If a mom brings her baby, like a coach, it counts against the total number of people the team can bring. So when a coach brings her kid, she loses a support staff member for her team. That's at San Antonio at the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Mark Emmert needs to go. The dude has failed miserably. And I don't care that he used to coach, I think, in Helena or or teach in Helena or MSU. I don't care. The dude has failed miserably. And in not just this, but in in everything. Uh, the men's tournament also being played on courts with uh, the NCAA brandings, the women's tournament. Uh, a lot of the courts have just the host school's logo and nothing to show that this is a national event. Uh, NCAA game photos available from every round of the men's tournament. At the women's tournament, nothing until the Sweet 16. Um, 
the uh, NCAA is transcribing every coach's post-game news conference at the men's tournament, that doesn't begin until the Sweet 16 of the women's tournament. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just, it's laughable. It really is because this is on the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. It's ridiculous. The NCAA is not even Title IX compliant in its own national basketball tournaments. Think how think about that. If I'm if I'm a member of a women's basketball program in in, in NCAA right now, I'm suing the hell out of the NCAA. Absolutely. Uh, Muffet McGraw, who used to be at Notre Dame until she just retired. I'm going to read her hers exactly. So, and there was all she had a statement. I'll read it here in a second. Uh, Nick Young, Swaggy P, whatever the hell he goes by, the Lakers, not good basketball player. Um, who was it? Him that gotten he, he posted Snapchat videos of a teammate who was married with some other women. Remember that a couple years ago? Yeah, Swaggy P is is pos. Um. But he said, what do you expect? And he has daughters. And he said, well, yeah, the, the way that the, the weight rooms are set up, because the women is like the JV. That's Yeah, that's what he said. Uh, so here's Muffet McGraw, quote, while I appreciate the outrage, the fact that there's a huge disparity between men's and women's sports is hardly breaking news. We've been fighting this battle for years, and frankly, I'm tired of it. Tired of turning on the TV to see NCAA basketball tournament, only to realize that, of course, that means... Men's tired of seeing Twitter accounts called March Madness and Final Four that are run by the NCAA, but only cover men's b-ball. Tired of having to preface everything we do with the word women's, which would be fine if the men had to do the same, but they don't. And when they don't, it makes us look like the JV tournament to their event. The fact that there are inequities in facilities, food, fan attendance, and swag bags is not what bothers me. What bothers me is that no one in the NCAA's leadership team even noticed. While corporations across the country are scrambling to hire women and set up diversity and inclusion teams, the NCAA had an opportunity to highlight how sport can be a place where we don't just talk about equality, we put it on display. To say they dropped the ball would be the understatement of the century. This is the issue that women have been battling for decades. We've accepted our fate far too long. We have taken the crumbs from the table we don't even have a seat at, and we didn't complain. We were happy to be there. After winning a national championship, we didn't proudly present a big check to our university. We got a pat on the back and a way to go, girl. Well, time's up, gentlemen. This generation of women expects more, and we won't stop till we get it. End quote. Muffet McGraw, 100% agree with you. And I'm a dude. I'm a guy. How often have we talked about it, though, on this show? whether it was at the radio station or here. Women deserve better. That includes in your high schools. That includes in your colleges. It includes your universities. And I don't care if it's basketball, volleyball, softball, golf. How about that? How about a little bit more for everything? Now, and it's funny because this whole NCAA thing didn't even get started because of actual Title IX. 
Like the Title IX compliance officer at the NCAA, and they have multiple, sat there and went, hmm, this seems all right. That's like saying you're a Title IX compliance officer at a, at a college in Montana and have never run a title. You have no idea what Title IX is, but you're in charge of it on, the, on a campus. What the hell is that? Social media brought this to people's attention, to the forefront. There's a girl playing for Oregon that showed the first video last week. Um, Sedona Prince from Oregon. <laughs> and Mark Emmert says Friday, it's quote, he told, uh, he told re- reporters, inexcusable and not something that should have happened. And then you have the balls, or lack thereof, to go on display today and say, oh, they were meant for practice, not actual weight rooms. Doesn't matter. It seriously doesn't matter if it was for practice or used as weight rooms, the inequality is still there, Mark. You had a chance to make it right, and you failed again miserably. The NCAA failed women's basketball and women's sports and just set it back years. Absolutely set it back years. All that progress that has been made in women's basketball, I remember, I mean, the women's basketball tournament used to get Great coverage from ESPN. And they still do. They still carry it, but they don't cover it like they do the men. It's on their own damn network, and they don't care about it. It's just it's uh, it's just a sad thing. It really is. The fact that we're in 2021 and still dealing with the fact that the NCAA itself, a national institution, can't meet its own Title IX requirements. Huge failure, Mark Emmert, and the rest of the NCAA. Huge failure. It's like being the, the president of a college and having a Title IX compliance officer that doesn't know what Title IX is. I use a phrase that I used before a couple of times. Not only at Carroll College, not only at Rocky, but now in the NCAA. Where's the leadership? I'll give you a hint. And I'm going to answer it with your hint. Where's the leadership? It doesn't exist. It absolutely doesn't exist. Carroll College is not Title IX compliant. The NCAA itself is not Title IX compliant with its own basketball tournaments. You know who runs it? Dudes. Maybe we should get some women in charge. I got no problem with that. Let's have women run the NCAA. Let's have women run colleges and universities. Waded Cruzado does a hell of a job at Montana State down there in Bozeman. Everybody loves Waded. She's great. I know colleges and universities all across the globe that would take... President Cruzado, in a heartbeat. I'll get off of the bandwagon. 
It's just equity, people. It's not that hard. It really isn't. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some fun stuff. Music. Talking with up-and-coming singer-songwriters is... is, uh, has been fun over the last month. Talked to a whole bunch, and uh, we're going to start our playbacks of those um, today. Dallas Remington will join us. She is a singer-songwriter and uh, pretty good friends with uh, some other people that we have um, had on the show before, and we'll talk to her when we come back next here on the Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. If you want to weigh in on anything, you can. Uh, at Jay Walker Sports. You can email us, Jason, at jasonwalkershow.com. You can call in, uh, 209-1267. If you want to have this discussion, let's do it. All week, I don't care. Trisha Binford's going to talk NCAA tomorrow. She's going to be on the show and talk about the inequities in Title IX from the top down. Dallas Remington, next Jason Walker Show. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918. Or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back. Jason Walker Show. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Montana State women's coach Trisha Binford will join us tomorrow here on the Jason Walker Show. And uh, we'll get her thoughts on Title IX and NCAA. and <laughs> Just the 
The lies coming out of the NCAA president's mouth, Mark Emmert. I mean, <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about it this week. And like I said, if you want to weigh in, please do. Got a great text message yesterday um, from a wrestler here in the, in, uh, the city of Helena. And, uh, well, actually it was from his dad, but he said, hey, um, do you want a singlet to hang up in the studio? I said, yeah. Well, apparently they, <laughs> they got, they got a little jealous, saw Mackenzie Johnston's basketball jersey and thought, hey, we need to get a wrestling singlet up in there. So we'll soon have a, uh, wrestling singlet to hang in the studio as well. It's gonna be fun. Uh, and by the way, we are going to be, I don't know the exact date, but it's going to be soon, where uh, we'll be off for about a week or two um, as we refurbish, remodel, redo the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Um, just uh, clean it up a little bit and uh, add to it more than anything and make it even even better because it's, uh, it's already pretty damn awesome. But All right. Uh, so last month was uh, the Country Radio Seminar and had a chance to uh, go to it back in 2002. But um, obviously with COVID, we couldn't go this year. But I got a chance to sit and do, a, uh, in, in, over this course of two days, do about 15 different interviews. Um, some of them we'll just put up on our website later, but a couple of them we're going to run, and that includes today, as uh, we talk to singer-songwriter Dallas Remington here on the Jason Walker Show. All right, Dallas, I w- we were just talking about this, that I have had no idea who you were. It's a small world. I reach out to interview Allie Colleen. I end up with Taylor Hope, and then we she, like, you know, because she's 15, she goes nuts on social media, and the next thing I know, you add me, and here we are talking. How are you? Yes, I'm doing very well. It's great to hear your voice and sort of meet you through the phone. Right? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Um, it is crazy how small of a world this is, but, uh, it definitely is. <laughs> um, the first thought I had when you, when, when I answered the phone and you said, Hey, this is Dallas. And I said, or my first thought was, it reminded me of the Alan Jackson song. <laughs> yeah. I wish Dallas was in Tennessee songs. and you actually, yes. Dallas is in Tennessee. Exactly. One of my friends and I, we wrote a response to that. And it was literally, hey, Alan, I'm in Tennessee. Can you believe I moved I moved south, not east, because I came here from Kentucky. And no one got it. I was like, y'all don't get the reference. Like, I was so proud of it. And everybody's like, what the heck is this name? I'm like, I need to educate y'all. Like, listen to some Alan Jackson. You'll understand it. But we'll have oh, to pull that one back out. What a great, <laughs> What a great song that is, too. I know, it's so good. I'm like, how have you never heard this? It's literally named after me. Come on, people. Uh, okay, how were you named Dallas? Um, actually, so my great grand or my grandfather, uh, my mama's dad had, um, he was terminally ill when she was pregnant with me, and they were sitting in a doctor's office waiting for chemo one day, and a doctor walked in, and his badge said Dallas. And he goes, I really like that. That could be a boy or a girl. And so my granddaddy actually got to name me, and uh, he passed away right before I turned one. Um, So I got to spend the first year of my life with him, but I always get to carry him with me forever because he picked out my name. That is an awesome story. Sad, 
but it's, still. Yes, it is very sad, but, you know, <laughs> I have him with me. Oh, man. That is super cool, though. You get to carry his name or his mm-hmm. – I mean, that's just awesome. Dallas Remington, yeah, I guess. Go ahead. <laughs> they wanted to name me after him, but his name was literally the letters. It was not short for anything. It was just the letters R-W. Really? And they're like, how do we name a girl? Because I think they knew I was going to be a girl at that point. They're like, how do we name a girl like that? You know, like, how do we, because it wasn't Robert William or anything. It was just R.W. So it's like, okay. So then when he said, I like Dallas, mom was like, okay, that's easy. I was like, go with Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Dallas mm-hmm. Remington, our guest here, Jason Walker's show. Yeah. Um, all right. So do you consider yourself a singer or a songwriter first? I consider myself a singer just because that's what I came here for, but I fell in love with songwriting um, shortly after I moved here. And I love writing for other people. I love writing for myself. So, I, you know, I go by singer, songwriter, or artist, or whatever. You normally have to explain what artist means to people. But um, for my, like my first passion was singing, and now my second love is um, the songwriting side of it. So it's kind of a mixture of it, but. Yeah, I call myself a singer first. <laughs> uh, which uh, is, is great because you do have a great voice. Um, and reading your bio, we have, a, we have another small connection. Are you ready for this? Okay. I have been a Kentucky basketball fan since the 80s, like Rex Chapman days. Wow. Now, I don't like Rex Chapman right now, but, <laughs> but um, he, that, those Kentucky basketball is my favorite. Okay. Awesome. So we okay. have that. We have that connection as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, being from Kentucky, I mean, we can't cheer for any other team. It's UK all the way. Well, <laughs> except on the other side where you got Louisville. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's kind of like that house divided thing. Where I'm from, though, it's all UK fans. Like, there's just a few rare Louisville fans. Hey, so. real quick, how far from Cumberland's are you? Or University? Yeah, Cumberland's, Kentucky. Yeah, so Cumberland is about eight hours, actually, from where I'm from. Oh, okay. Uh, I was there back in 2013. Yeah, so we actually, I used to play a bunch of shows up there, um, which is easier to get there from Nashville, actually, than is my hometown. Um, Because I am from, like, where Illinois, Missouri, Tennessee, they all touch Kentucky. I'm right there. Okay. So I'm way opposite side. But, yeah, we used to go over there all the time. We love it out in that area. Um, I think you can make it in about six and a half. If, if the roads are good, right? If the roads are good, if it's not <laughs> in the middle of an ice storm like we're in right now. Uh, Dallas Remington, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. I, I love your bio because um, you flip houses too. You've done this before? <laughs> yeah, so my mom and I would flip houses. So we actually live in our first one still. Um, we were able to stay in it, and we just, we just completely flipped another one. We're flipping one in Kentucky right now, but the roads are so bad that nobody can even get to it um, right now. And then we're working on buying another one here in Nashville to flip. So we do that as well. And that kept us really busy during the pandemic, not being on the road and everything. I'll tell everybody if I hadn't been doing that last year, I probably would have gone insane not doing anything, you know. Uh, we kept super busy with music as much as we could, but that kept me, you know, not from going like stir crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are also a black belt in taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Which... Yes, I am. I, which, yeah, I started 
taekwondo when I was five, actually, and I was a black belt by the time I was eight. Wow. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time doing that, and that was a really big passion of my life. And I actually ended up, I was the first person in our, I was the youngest person in history of our organization to get my black belt. And they, for some reason, they started doing it by ages. So I couldn't test again until I was 12. And I was like a very, like, I have to be doing something all the time. So I ended up starting playing soccer after that because I was like, well, I'm not going to sit here for four years. So I started playing soccer, so I'm with that. And then I started playing guitar, and now here I am. So it all led to one thing to the next, you know. I love this. Uh, Dallas Remington joining us, Jason Walker Show. All right, um, let's talk about your music because you have so many interesting things that I want to ask you about that aren't music-related. But let's get that out of the way first because, well, that's why you're on. Um, I listened to some of your music recently. Uh, Uncommon Man's pretty good. Hunting Season is a very good song. I really liked Hunting Season. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a fun one. I wrote that with Ali Colleen, actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and so we, uh, we had a lot of fun with that one. We got to release that to radio over a little over a year ago. We got top 30 with that one, and. We just had a lot of fun. Uh, I got to wear all camo for about a year of my life, which was great because that's what I grew up wearing. I'm like, yes, we're back in my roots. We're wearing camo, and nobody can say nothing about it. <laughs> and it was just great. Um, I love that song. It was so much fun. I had the idea uh, when a friend of mine was telling me that his ex-wife's magazines kept coming to his house. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a song. I don't know what it is, but that's going to be a song. And so I went literally the next day. To Ali, Scott, and Cindy, and I was like, hey, I got this idea. I don't know what the magazine's going to be because he said, like, Cosmopolitan or something. I'm like, that's going to be hard to see, and that makes it automatically a guy song. Let's make this a girl song. And they were like, hey, well, what's a, what's a magazine that your dad ever had around the house? And I was like, all he ever had was Daily Street. And that's like, okay, we're going to do that. And we've made this entire story up in three hours sitting there about a film stream magazine. Wow. That is awesome. Uh, Dallas Remington, our guest, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Um, you go to DallasRemington.com to check it out. You're all over social media as well. But uh, yes. when you're sitting down to, to write a song, do you mm -hmm. have an idea? I mean, obviously, like this this one, Hunting Season, you had an idea in mind. But do you take, like, a line? Do you have most of I mean, how do you how do you go about writing a song? Yeah, so, well, I co-write most of my songs and songs for other people just because I love having other people in the room to bounce ideas off of. Because um, if not, it'll, I'll sit there and I'll work on, like, one line for eight hours to make sure it's perfect. And it's better when you have other people in the room to be like, it's there, Dallas, move on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when, I come to, when I come to my ideas, I have them all in my phone. I used to carry a notebook with me, and I kept losing it. So I've got them all in my phone, and sometimes they're just a word. Sometimes they are a full line. Sometimes it's a fully developed verse. It just um, depends on how I feel when I get the idea and I bring it in. And I get a lot of my ideas from what people are saying around me. They might not even know I'm listening to them, but I'm like, oh, I just heard somebody say this. That could be a really cool song, or we can make a song out of that. And I bring those to my rights, and then my co-writers bring their ideas. And we just sit there, and we try to find the best one that fits everybody in the room that day. Um, and so whenever I'm going into a write, knowing who I'm going to write with that morning when I'm getting ready, I go through my ideas and I'll pick out about three or four that I'm like, I think this would be it. But then sometimes, you know, you're sitting in there 
and I'll just aimlessly start scrolling through my list, and it's like something just highlights one. And I'm like, well, what about this? It's been here forever. And most of the time, that's the one we end up writing because it's like, oh, yeah, we never would have thought about it. But uh, some there's just that, that God thing. It's just like that one was highlighted. Let's write that. So that happens a lot with most of my what I call my magical rights, which are the ones that we sit down and we get something done in one or two sessions and I end up adding it to my show like within a day, you know. Mm-hmm. What uh, what's your what song are you most proud of that someone else has recorded? Uh, let's see, someone else. Well, Allie actually recorded one of our songs. It's called Best Friends, and I great song. Uh, I really love that one. I was really proud of that one. Honored to be in that room. Uh, and a lot of a lot of things that people don't realize is when you're writing a song, it's um, it's therapeutic for the artist, for the writers. Um, and hopefully for the listeners as well. But um, we we all had things that we had been through um, that we were able to pour into that song. And I feel like that song caused us a lot of healing. And the fact that she was able to release it out into the world and help some other people heal who've been through similar situations. Um, that's what we do as songwriters. That's just our... Um, and it's, it helps us heal even more to know it's helped other people. And besides that one, I did have a song that I wrote with a pop artist that he released. His name's Adam Sheeran. It's called When I'm on Fire, and it's just this fun little song. We sat down and wrote it in like an hour, and then like a year later, he released it, and then it ended up being put in the TV show Shameless. So we were really excited about that. Um, well, that's impressive because you get kickbacks yeah. from that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, this is, a, I got my check, and I was like, I'm a professional songwriter, finally. I got, got paid. <laughs> Like they sent me money. <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah, I said that be, I'm a professional golfer, fisherman, and bowler because I've won money in all three. So exactly. Once yes. you get paid, you're a professional. That's it. <laughs> oh man, I am. Uh, this is we're gonna. This is the start of a great friendship, Dallas. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> your other song, "Uncommon Man," uh, came out uh, almost a year ago. But reached uh, reached number four on uh, CDX Traction uh, True Indie Charts back in September, and uh, was another top ten hit in uh, the Southern Gospel and Positive Country in November. Um, this was a pretty good song for you. Yes, it was a really big song for me. Um, this is one we actually wrote um, like three years ago. Um, I met actually I can pinpoint it exactly. My friend Courtney came to my 17th birthday party, and we had never really written before. And that night, we set up a write, and we went in a few weeks later, and we started Uncommon Man. So nearly four years ago, I guess. Oh, my gosh, crazy. Um, might have been my 18th. I don't know. She came to my birthday party, and we got to hang out. And she was like, hey, I've got this idea, and I feel like you could really you could really do well with this song, and you would understand what it is. She's like, I'm from a dairy farm in upstate New York, and nobody understands what I mean by this idea. She's like, I just want to write a song called Uncommon Man. And I was like, I definitely understand that. My daddy's an uncommon man. I'm from a farm in Western Kentucky. Like, what the heck? And so we sat down, we wrote that song, and it just that song was a blessing to us and our family. I remember playing it for my dad the first time, and my dad is only like, He's really invested in my music career, and he loves all my songs I write, but there's only been like two or three songs I've ever written that he's cried, and that was the first one, and he just started bawling. He was like, that's it. That's going to be the first big song. I'm calling it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when we came back to last May, we had a single ready to go. We were about to release it, and it just didn't feel right with the world, and we sat down. We had a team meeting on Zoom because we couldn't be in person, and I was like, hey, 
it was literally this was April thirtieth, and I was like, we we can't release the single we had lined up. It just doesn't feel right. I'm just I just don't think it's right to release that right now. And um, they were like, okay, we understand that. It is a weird time in the world. So we listened to a few more songs, and then I said, oh, by the way, I have this one. You know, it's a little slower. I don't know. Y'all probably, I just got to play it for y'all so y'all can hear it. And, you know, I get it out of my system, basically. And it was Uncommon Man. And every one of them just stopped, and they were like, you know, that's the single, right? Like, there's nothing more perfect for right now in the time and the place we are in this world. And I was like, are y'all serious? And they're like, yeah, we got to release that one. So that was April 30th, and we had it recorded, sent off to radio, ready for promotion by May 10th. So we literally did it all in a week. And it was just kind of the way it all fell together. I mean, that was down to photo shoots, promo shoots, everything was done in a week. And the way it all came together was mag- basically just magic because it never works that way. I mean, like right now we're working on a new single, and we've been working on it already for a month, and we have four more months worth of work on it. So it never, for the pre-promo, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it never comes out where you can do something that magical in a week, and then it turns out the way it did. You know, we went to number 43 on Billboard, and this was my first Billboard single, and we weren't even working it to media base, and we got to number 49 over there, and we've got nearly 600,000 streams on the song now. It's just been just a crazy, crazy blessing for me to be able to release the song and for it to um, to see it have the life it has had. You know, we sat on it for nearly four years, and I just didn't know if people would relate to it. And to see the way that people have related to the song, and they've taken it, and they've made it their own, and they've given it this life. I mean, all the credit goes to the fans um, and the radio stations for giving it the life it has, because it took them believing in it as much as I believed in it to make it where it went. Dallas Remington joining us, Jason Walker Show. You can follow her at DallasRemington.com. All right. We got the music discussion out of the way. Okay. Now we're going to okay. have some fun. Okay. Paris, Montana, a designer store in Red Lodge, Montana, is your <laughs> one of your favorites. Why? Oh, my gosh, because it's, like, literally the coolest store ever. Um, we got to meet her It'll be three years ago, two years ago. I'm not sure. I'm bad with time. This whole last year just threw me off. Oh, I don't even know <laughs> what day today is. <laughs> we, uh, I got to do a songwriting contest up in Red Lodge, Montana, uh, back in 2019. And I'd never been to Montana before, and it was like a bucket list trip. I'd always wanted to go to Yellowstone. I'd always wanted to go to Montana. And uh, we were walking down the street after the competition. I had just I actually won the competition. I had not planned on winning, so I was like, well, I might need a new outfit for because when I won, I got to open for all the hit riders. I was like, you know, I might need a new outfit for this. So we were going through all the stores, and we walked into this store. And first of all, we love Miss Hottie, who runs, who designs all the Paris Montana clothes. She runs the store. She's just adorable. So automatically, we fell in love with her. And her style, oh, my gosh, everything is just gorgeous. I mean, from... We got this skirt that I've only wore a few times that, like, tied around your blue jeans, and it's this camo, like, princess frilly skirt, but it's camo, which is awesome. And she's got all, we bought this vest that I wear all the time that's made out of men's work jeans that she, like, stitched together. Mm. Like, it's just all this different things. And so she, nothing is the same, and everything's one of a kind. 
And that's why we just fell in love with it because we've always tried to dress me different, make me look different. My mom is my stylist. So she, I mean, she spends hours and hours shopping to find different things. And we literally just walk into a store where we could have bought one of everything and no one would have ever had that again. So we just love her. We love her designs and we're going back there in June. So hopefully we're going to have to take a extra suitcase that's empty <laughs> and just we're going to buy out the store. <laughs> I love it. But uh, we just love her. Well, you know, I'm in Montana, right? No, I did not know that. What part of Montana are you in? I'm in Helena. So I'm about okay. five hours from Red Lodge, four and a half probably. Awesome, yeah. So we were actually up there in August. I did a driving show in Bozeman. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. A, well, Belgrade, uh, one of my friends, if you're ever in the Belgrade area, my friends own the Center Ice Cafe, and it's just this great little breakfast joint. And they ended up hosting a concert because they also own Bubby's Burger Barn there in Belgrade. Mm. And so we just did this big driving concert behind their restaurant um, up on it. used to be an old train loading station thing. Uh-huh. And we just, I got up there and played a bunch of songs and have a good time and got to spend a week in Montana. So <laughs> I wish we didn't know each other back then. We could have hung out. Well, absolutely, because I grew up in Bozeman. Um, oh, awesome. I was just in Belgrade uh, recently because, uh, uh, at the airport. So, um, yes. yeah, yeah. So see, see awesome. it goes back to being in such a small world. It just, everything it circles does, back definitely. here. Um, yeah, well I'm playing, I'm playing in Red Lodge, um, in June. And then I think I have to, you know, everything's being all weird and pushed back and everything. We're supposed to play in Whitefish sometime later this year too. Well, you know, that's a complete opposite end of the state. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I don't even know where any of that is. <laughs> uh, Whitefish is up by. It's in the northwest uh, corner of Montana, up by um, okay. Canada, and Red Lodge yeah, is southeast Montana by Wyoming. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So you're a ways away, but um, beautiful drive all the way will be a yeah. beautiful drive. Uh, well, you yeah, have my number, so you, you can text me <laughs> and and any time and say, "Hey, I'm here. Let's awesome. hang out." So yes. Um, yes, definitely, definitely. All right, your favorite artists. It's very mm-hmm. eclectic, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we all love Garth, and it seems like every time I do oh, an yeah. interview, it just revolves, it comes right back to Garth. Um, oh, yeah, because he's, like, amazing right? and he's the best. Uh, okay, I mean, so you? you hanging out with Ali Colleen, how many, How do you do you hang with Garth, too? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I've never met him. <laughs> Really? Uh, but that's all fine. That's good. I just love Allie for Allie yes. and not for who she is and who she's related to. She's just one of my best friends. and I'm not going to, you know, we've never had that discussion or anything. And I don't even mention it when, she's, when I'm around her just because I want her to know that I love her as a friend. Well, when I interviewed her, I, I was I was allowed one, like they call it the golden ticket, she said. I was allowed one. I didn't ask anything. We just hinted at who her dad was, but we never really mentioned yeah. Uh, because she's doing this great on her own, and I love it. Uh, but you exactly. also have Loretta Lynn, and then Slash from Guns N' Roses. You go from Loretta <laughs> Lynn to Slash, that's um, that's like going from Red Lodge to Whitefish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, I actually used to play in a metal band. Um, so that's where I found my love for, um, you know, classic rock, classic metal, um, things like that. And my mom and I actually got to go see Guns N' Roses when they were here in Nashville the last time. Nice. And it was insane. Like, 
it was literally like the best way to describe that commercial, that commercial, that concert. My brain's not working. Best way to describe that concert is 20 minutes last guitar solo, Axel sings for a minute. 20 minutes solo, Axel <laughs> sings for a minute. And it was like, I'm fine with this. This is great. I love Axel though too. But uh, yeah, so I grew up in a lot of different musical influences. My main influence obviously is country, country music. I grew up with the music my parents loved. And uh, my mom's, my mama grew up with Loretta Lynn and Patsy Cline and mm. Conway Twitty. I say to be a woman in my family, you just have to be a Conway Twitty groupie. We all love him so much. Um, yep. And that's what she grew up with. And then um, my daddy, he was kind of all over the place, grew up with a lot of different music. Um, and that's when the Garth thing though, comes in because my mama said the first time she ever heard my dad sing a song, he was singing Friends of All Places. Oh, wow. And so that's always been like a special, like, cause he's not a singer and he doesn't like to sing in front of people. And she said one day he's just walking around singing with her friends in low places. And so that's always been special to me. But then when I was in the metal bands and then I was in a pop band for about six months, uh, I, that added in the extra influences, um, and introduced me to new music. And, uh, I fell in love with the whole metal vibe. You know, mm-hmm. I love listening to that when I'm driving down the road. Most of the time I'm listening to something either something extremely country or something extremely metal. <laughs> no in between. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Dallas Remington, like I said, you uh, let me know when you're going to be in Red Lodge in June because if the dates line up, I'm going to be in Billings uh, in June, awesome. which is just down the road. So, yeah. yes, we are going to meet this year, and I look forward yes. to it. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be so much fun. All right, follow her at DallasRemington.com, also on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. Um, All of it. I just started a TikTok. Oh, so gosh. you're on that. I am I not. I don't dance on it. That's okay, not good. happening. <laughs> uh, Dallas Remington joining us. Um, I love it because, obviously, the Dallas part. I'm also a Cowboys fan, by the way. Um, but <laughs> the Remington, it just goes back to hunting. Um, th- we have a connection, Dallas, and and we're gonna. This is, like I said, start of a great friendship. Yes, definitely, definitely is. All right, you uh, you have a great uh, time. Stay safe, and uh, we'll chat very soon. Okay. Definitely, y'all stay warm up there. That is Dallas Remington uh, on the Jason Walker show, and uh, she was she was a fireball. She was fun. Um, but I'll let you know when she's going to be in Red Lodge and Whitefish because uh, you're going to want to go see her. She's got some great music. Uh, this week, uh, we're also going to talk to Jeff Coffey. Jeff Coffey used to sing with the band Chicago. Um, not the original band, the now band. Um, but yeah, so he's going to join us this week as well, I believe. Yeah, and we'll have a couple others too. So, um, What else? To, oh, tomorrow, Trisha Binford will join us. Bobcats, basketball coach. And uh, we're going to get her thoughts on the NCAA, Title IX, disparities, inequity. It's a joke in the NCAA. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Wanted to get to – oh, I wanted to see if I could show this. That's coming up. I'm going to show something else here in – goodness, got to get to it. Okay, this is going to be good. Okay, uh, coming up in the walk-off. But first, let's do On This Day in History. It is brought to you by Big Sky Printwear. We print what you wear. And we've, we have, uh, we've had T-shirts. Oh, before we get to Big Sky Printwear and On This Day in History, we've got to do our Auto Concepts Performance of the Week. Forgot about that almost. 
Um, exciting Monday. All right, so our auto contest performance of the week it goes to Missoula native Catherine Burkoff. Catherine um, from Hellgate is a sophomore at NC State and recently won three national titles uh, over the weekend and earned seven All-America honors. Uh, the Wolfpack placed second, best finish and ever. She has now 12 All-America awards based off of last year. And uh, she and three teammates set an NCAA record and a, a, a U.S. Open record, winning the 400 medley over the weekend, swimming the 100 backstroke in a personal best time. She was the lead swimmer as NC State won the 200-yard medley relay and then set a PR and an ACC record when she won the 100 back for her first individual NCAA title. She placed third in the 200 free, fourth in the 400 free relay, uh, sixth in the 200, and sixth or eighth in the 50. So that's awesome. Congratulations to Catherine Burkoff of Missoula, our auto concepts performance of the week. All right, uh, let's see here. On this day in history, brought to you by Big Sky Printwear. We print what you wear. We uh, have T-shirts. Some are in the mail right now, Jason Walker Show. And uh, we'll be giving those away starting soon. And uh, it's awesome. Also, maybe um, um, getting – maybe we'll put them on for sale too. We're going to give some away, but we'll put some for sale. Does that make sense? Today is Bavarian, Cre- uh, Bavarian Crepes Day. It is Goof-Off Day. And on this day, 1958, the 20th Men's Basketball Championship. Kentucky beats Seattle 84-72. Seattle's future Hall of Fame small forward Elgin Baylor was named the most outstanding player. Elgin Baylor passed away at the age of 86 uh, yesterday. Confirmed today. Elgin Baylor also had one hell of a year at the College of Idaho uh, back in the day. Uh, he and R.C. Owens, Baylor averaged, in 1954, Elgin Baylor averaged 32.5 points per game, including 53, which still is a school record against Whitman. That College of Idaho team went 15-0 and in uh, the conference, finished the year 23-4, and beat Carroll College at the Fieldhouse, and then lost to Montana State in the title game of the regional tournament for the NAI. 78-76, they lost to the Cats. Cats went on to Kansas City. Uh, following that year, he transferred, uh, Baylor did, uh, to uh, Seattle and was the overall number one pick in 1958's draft. But Elgin Baylor had a pretty good career. And Greg Rockach of uh, 406mtsports.com tweeted the box score, of the game College of Idaho played against uh, Carroll in Bozeman. And Greg Rockach's uncle, uh, Dick House, is in the Carroll Hall of Fame and held Elgin Baylor to 42 points in that game. But uh, that's an awesome, awesome story and awesome connection. But uh, Elgin Baylor, longtime Laker, uh, passing away over the weekend. Uh, and then you throw in that little local history. See, that's what we can do. 1967, Muhammad Ali knocked out Zora Fali in seven for the heavyweight boxing title. 1969, uh, UCLA 
goes on a three-peat. Lou Alcindor was named the most outstanding player for the third straight year. And then on this date in 1972, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was named the NBA MVP. The first AIAW Women's Basketball Tournament, 1975, later would become NCAA. Delta State beats Immaculata 90-81. to uh, 1989, Clint Malarchuk, if you get a chance to Google this, Clint Malarchuk suffered a near-fatal injury. He was just in Helena a few years ago speaking. Another player slit his throat accidentally with a skate. It is Dick Pound's birthday, 1942. He is the uh, chairman of the World Anti-Doping Agency. Bob Costas, born on this date, 1952. Uh, Sean Bradley, 1972, is uh, born on this date. He was just paralyzed in a traffic accident recently, got hit by a car while riding his bike, and he's now paralyzed. Uh, Louis L'Amour, born on this date, 1908, the uh, great author. Uh, William Shatner was born on this date, 1931. Reese Witherspoon, 1976, and on this date in 2233, look forward to this, James T. Kirk's birthday, the captain of the USS Enterprise, sharing a birthday, James T. Kirk, with William Shatner. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. All right, so LeBron James uh, suffered a uh, high ankle sprain. He's out indefinitely. Um, can't remember the dude's name, but he just won another NCAA wrestling championship. I believe it's his third. He had two torn ACLs when he did it over the weekend. LeBron James has an ankle sprain out indefinitely. Uh, NCAA wrestler just went uh, for his third title and uh, had two ACLs tore. So, yeah, way to go, LeBron. Just a, And he, he, like, he was tweeting out, like, I, nothing hurts me more than not being able to be with my teammates. And um, what was the exact phrasing he used? And it was just like, oh, my gosh, LeBron, what a drama queen. And he's supposed to be the king, right? Um, Lee, uh, Lee Spencer, by the way, just won his, his wrestling titles on two torn ACLs. But, like, LeBron, it's almost like he crashed the car and had a couple of broken legs because he said, nothing angers and saddens me more than not being available to and for my teammates. I'm hurt inside and out right now. The road back from recovery begins now. Back soon like another left at King James. Seriously, he's a drama queen. That's all he is. Anyway. LaFraud. LaFraud James. That's what we call him. All right, I hope you had a good time today. I did. What else for me? Um, I won't go there today. I won't go there today. Uh, okay, if you missed anything, go to jasonwalkershow.com. You can weigh in tomorrow if you want, or tonight, or anytime, uh, via the Twitter, at jwalkersports. You can email us, jason at jasonwalkershow.com. Give me your thoughts on the NCAA and not being Title IX compliant at its own tournaments. Just let me know what you think. Dallas Remington, thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow, Trisha Binford will be a guest. We'll uh, talk more about Title IX and NCAA. 
We will also uh, have more follow-up from uh, what we talked about today. LC State Carroll. Disgusting slurs. Thrown out by LC State students. Unbelievable. All right. Go to JasonWalkerShow.com. If you missed anything, we're going to do it again tomorrow at 4. And, uh, by the way, congratulate the wife and I. Winners. Winners of the upper Simulator League bracket in Simulator League for the winner. We won. Do it again tomorrow. I'm going to brag about that some more, too. See you tomorrow for Bye. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.